Welcome to the Chorus Podcast, your aggressively subjective barometer for culture and media. Where each week, your hosts, Stefan Voss and Bruce Stennel, will disregard the trends and headlines to focus on what's really important, what you should be watching, reading, and listening to. And now, on with the pod. And we're back in the room. Yes. Welcome, the one other and room. all. We Hello, recording. good morning. Good morning. Right, we have a guest with us today. We're going to be talking about WOMAD. And uh, Dan Carboli is with us. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Hello, hello. Um, Steph and Bruce, yeah. yeah. Great to be here. We are. Wonderful. The, dogs. the chorus and the dogs. podcast. And the dogs are here, Jack and Rosie. Right. Welcome us all. So we'll be talking about some of our usual nonsense, our, uh, what we've uh, read and, look and listened to and, and seen and things. Um, but we, we're mostly going to be diving in to, to WOMAD, which is the, you will remember, Whoa, those of you who man. are as old as Stefan. Indeed. Uh, the World of Music, Arts and Dance. That's WOMAD, and it was conceived by Peter Gabriel. And if you do not know Peter Gabriel and are not a fan, just sod off. Turn Indeed. off your computer right now. <laughs> You're not welcome here. If we find you, we'll hit you with a sledgehammer. Ah, that's terrible. Very wow, good. that's bad. Peter anyway. Gabriel, for those who don't know, erstwhile singer of Genesis and then a storied solo career. And hmm. a philanthropist, all-round good guy. Dan will tell us more. But Owner yeah. of the whole real world. Um, but yes, so uh, conceived 1982, uh, WOMAD was by Peter. And uh, yeah, brings together um, music, music and musicians from music. Uh, musicians Words from all over the world. Hard. <laughs> um, uh, often with, with a, an eye on collaborations, uh, all sorts of stuff. Now Dan, you uh, have said in, in some of the lead up to this, just a lot of this was set up pre-COVID. Uh, to to for this particular festival yes, happening. to get to get the festival just rolling again we've had WOMADs over the year but over the years yeah good grief words is hard today um, but <laughs> just tell us about about yeah the the whole genesis of <laughs> see what I did there for the Peter Gabriel really um, but uh, of of this particular uh, festival because it's it was drawn out by COVID yeah yeah well we were ready to to roll in in 2019 and. Um, and we had all the sponsorship together, in fact, you know, and um, and then COVID hit, and slowly the sponsorship eroded, and we weren't sure exactly what we were going to do. And then Peter's idea was to rather create a kind of South African safari, which was his mm. words, you know, because the feeling was that, especially the cornerstones being job creation and the and the cultural sector, and cultural tourism, eventually coming back to South Africa, the feeling that um, a lot of artists didn't want to come out to South Africa. It's a long-haul destination to come in and play a gig over a weekend and then go yeah. back. So yeah. Long flights. To, yeah. And, and Peter loves Cape Town. You know, he's, a, he's a trustee of the um, of the Tutu Foundation. Okay. So he comes out and he loves Cape Town. Um, and, and of course, you know, his work with the elders, with Nelson Mandela and Jimmy Carter, and uh, the royalties to his son Biko still accrue now to the Tambo Foundation oh, wow, Education I didn't know Trust. That. Yeah. So he's he's always had a really close affinity. <laughs> Sorry for the blinds in the background. Yeah, yeah excuse the. Uh, yeah, he's always had a really close affinity um, with South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's worked with the Mahotela Queens, which is another point for discussion. Yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. Um, so the feeling was to create small boutique events around the country. So starting off in Cape Town. Um, we take over the V&A waterfront and then we do workshops in uh, uh, Mitchell's Plain, Ocean View, Kailicha, Langa, um, and then uh, including Hermanus as well because he's mm. an avid conservationist and Hermanus is very much a, uh, um, a centre of marine biology mm. and, yes, and they're really developing it spectacularly in fact. I'd never been there funny enough. Um, and we went and there was great interest from Hermanus and that's something that we're going to develop over the years, you know. So Amazing. It's become a safari. It's become a safari of, of small, intimate events instead of having um, big festivals. I think that's quite a clever word uh, on the international stage. Safari. You think even of the celebrities that come out, if you think of Slash that comes out to play with the Kings of Chaos, the big draw to get him here is we'll take you on safari. Yeah. You'll see the lions and the... 
Right trade exchange. Yeah, yeah, you have to play guitar for fifteen minutes. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's wonderful you mentioned these things that are happening around the, the the sort of main stage festival performance, and this is the thing that struck me about Womad reading the program is there's so much happening around those musical performances. There's so much invested in local community, in cultural development, and that sort of thing. So these workshops that are running over however many days, wonderful, yeah. And, and, yeah. and all over the country, not just in Cape Town. Just workers, yeah. uh, walk, workers, walker, I cannot walk this Workers through. You're woke, Bruce. Walk us through just, just what, a, what, a, what a workshop looks like, though. So, so okay. Cape Town say, what, what are you... What are you prepared to to sort of to deliver to people? What can they expect if they if they sign up? Okay, um, let, let let's let's go back to one of the reasons why WOMAD is in South Africa, and and one of those really strong reasons is is that Peter always has a go at me, in uh, from the perspective that there's more artists on the WOMAD circuit around the world from. Rwanda, Burkina Faso, Uganda, mm. Tanzania. Um, I could go on. Yeah. Guinea, yeah, Cote d'Ivoire. You know, then, more, yeah. more than more than South Africa, which is ludicrous when you consider our our cultural economy and and hmm. the scope of our cultural cultural centre. You know, and the feeling is, you know, one of the re- one of our success stories was BCUC, that um, which is worth talking about Mm -hmm. as well but it's about the identification of talent that would be able to grace the WOMAD festival circuit around 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 the world you know and it's about identifying young talent that you can mentor and work on and the workshops are are fantastic means of communicating the ethos um, and the soul of WOMAD which is different to global citizen that's not a great analogy but it's different from the perspective that it touches people. You you know, most of the musicians on the WOMAD circuit, you can call them up and invite mm. them for coffee and there's a direct relationship. There's not a big star trip. Um, you know, you mentioned Tinari one mm. earlier, you know. Um, we were really lucky. We, we had coffee with the guys, you know, and it's just, there's no big deal. There's no big star trip. Mm. There's no... Mm. Amazing. You know, and, and that's, that's the WOMAD ethos and the workshops touch on that where it's an intimate thing. We don't want to have 200 people in a hall where you're just, you know, mm. talking Losing, about your yeah. life. You, it's about getting 30, 40 people that you're going to have a meaningful engagement with. Okay. And it's interactive. And um, we started off having some of the workshops at Amp Studios a couple of weeks ago. And it's fantastic because there's so much brilliant young talent, you know, and, and if we can serve as a, as a motivating factor uh, for these emerging young artists, then we, we, we're doing something right. Brilliant, man. Now, I mean, it, just that whole uh, relationship angle, and again, Peter has always struck me as, as that kind of person. Um, up front, it's, it's so much more work. It's not glamorous. It's very, very satisfying, but it's not glamorous, and it's probably not, again, up front, not profitable. Absolutely. Um, but it's, it's this, you know, it's this long, long-term view you know the big picture stuff, um, and uh, uh, just looking at the lineup. I mean, you've got just from an age point of view, you've got people of all generations. You know, African jazz pioneers and yeah. and, and uh, Trezor is you know op- opposite ends of the of the age scale yeah. among other yeah. things. You know, um, uh, Radio Kalahari or Kiss, I Ian, Ian is old, but you know no. what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but the, and Medina City Ramblers. Uh, you know, got just lots of different um, kinds of people. Now again, just, I mean, maybe we we'll walk us through some of the uh, the artists that are on, on the list here and just, um, you're saying, you keep saying the WOMAD community and, and you sort of, you're painting what that what that means. How, how are some of these guys tied into that, some stories there? It, well, it's a discerning niche audience, if you mm. want to put like that. It's never going to be mainstream. You know, if you look at an example like BCC, um, which I like to use an example as an example because they, it's not three minute AM radio songs. Mm, you know, yeah. it's an experience that is that is true to our cultural heritage, and it's an emotional live experience. And I think the commonality with all the artists on the WOMAD bill this year is that it's they they great live artists. Yeah. And if you look at the disparities, somebody like Trezor, which is 
amazing African Congolese Afro pop, which it yeah, is, you yeah. know. And then you've got Carla Grunewald, one from from Chile, who's a who is a, a Latin American Kate Bush, if you want to put it okay. that way. Wow, you know? fantastic! With a South That's African the, sounding name, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. German, yeah. German. That, that's another it. trip. Wow. So you know, and she's <laughs> man, she's massive in Latin America. Okay. Um, Peru, um, Bolivia, Colombia, um, Chile. You know, and that came through Wobat in Chile. Okay. Um, which is a fantastic festival, and Augusto called me one day and she said, "She's we've discovered this young girl hmm. who is amazing. Would you be interested?" You know, and um, absolutely, it was brilliant. And then through the through the WOMAD channels and through the real world channels, uh, they have an extensive relationship with embassies from around the world. You know, they put us in touch um, with the Chilean embassy in Chile, who then put us in touch with the embassy in Pretoria, and they've sponsored Carla's flights. I love you. Know? It. So yeah. that's, that's how it worked. But it's really disparate. I mean, you know, if you're looking at a, at a South African one that we try to pitch is... Um, the African Jazz Pioneers and the Mahatula Queens yeah, as a yes, going forward you know I, I, I've just been incredibly privileged to really do um, I was invited about a year ago out of the blue completely and Paul uh, called me from the African Jazz Pioneers and he said Dan would you be interested in, in producing the 40 year African Jazz Pioneers sure. you know? I thought me <laughs> white guy Latin white guy please mm. Anyway, so we met, and um, uh, John Lindemann came on board, who's a double Grammy winner engineer through um, uh, Ladysmith Black Mombasa. Mm -hmm. And we looked at it, and, and in discussions with uh, Peter loves the Martella Queens. Okay. You know, he really loved them. But, you know, Hilda's 80 years old. She's got two um, young girls that she's developed through COVID who are brilliant, you know. And... Um, Paula Henderson, who, who is um, WOMAD's AR director, who's an incredible woman, probably the most knowledgeable woman I've ever met in my life, you know. She, and, and she said, but you know, Dan, this is the stuff that we need to feature around the world, you know. But it's a traveling entity of 11 African jazz pioneers, plus the three queens, mm. plus a four-piece, you know. So we yeah. said, okay, well, why don't we put them together? You know, which we did. Yeah. So we've got oh, six wow. tracks now. The first one gets released over WOMAD. Yeah, oh, Melody cool. Yala, which is a remake of the original Melody Yala, which we've given a kind of a, oh, I hate to say it, an upper piano vibe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to bring it, without selling out, just to bring it into a modern context. Yeah. You know? And and they've been invited onto WOMAD UK for next year, so we're looking oh, for more European gigs. Because again, that's, that's what... I mean, as we all know, as musos, that's what you, you need, is that something, 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 dot, 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 next year, <laughs> and next year, and next year. Yeah. Um, and if, yeah, if, if this system is, is developing that, that kind of whole thing, so yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It'll, Wonderful. It'll, it'll debut here, mm. but it'll be something yeah. that can be built. Yeah. built it's a long-term vision, Bruce, you know, it's, you've got to look at three, five years beyond, you know, yeah. and, and that's why... Peter is so keen on the collaborative element because it gives opportunities for our local guys. For instance, talking about Carla from Chile, we've hooked her up with a, with a young girl through Anton Stella's network, Content Create Africa, called Nabuchle. Um, you know, and they've already started working on a vernacular Tswana Spanish collaboration. Oh, wow. You know, okay. now that not every collaboration is going to work. Mm. You know, but if you don't try, you're not going to get. You're not going to get any, anything out of it, and and potentially this could this could break Nabucco into Latin America, mm. you know, which is a vast. Oh, so say, so yeah, let's yeah. say you have a song that the song collaboration really doesn't work, but now Carla is getting bigger and bigger and is touring somewhere else, but also wants you know, or or, or there's a big uh, non-WOMED festival, but she wants three different support acts, blah 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 blah, and somebody's just got not, not a foot in the door, but not not for some cheap kind yeah. of mm. I'm doing this you a favour kind wonderful. of reason yeah. regular listeners well, will excuse the sound of dogs running in and out of that <laughs> yeah. uh, I was just thinking there's a line in um, 30 Rock with Alec Baldwin and <laughs> Tina Fey where she says something about synergy oh synergy is such a buzzword thrown away he goes don't knock synergy lemon it's bigger than both of us <laughs> um, but this is the, the beauty of the, of the collaboration yeah. is you never know like you have them collaborate for your one event or for a workshop and you put them together, but you don't know then 
they've now connected and you know the guitarist just got on like a house on fire with the singer of this thing and then next thing you know they're touring and they've called absolutely this and well this is Steph wonderful. you say that but and, and one of the one of the collaborations is the Modern City Rabbers and Zolani Mahalo from Freshly Ground mm. so mm. Zolani's been wanting to break into the European um, market for a while now but she just hasn't develop the right relationships and the right vehicle and the right conduit to get in, you know. So when the moderners said that they would love to come over, you know, I thought, wow, this is the perfect way to hook them up because they they do the European festival circuit extensively, you know. And if you look at WOMAT feeds into the European uh, European Festival Association, Festival Forum, which is 2,700 festivals wow. in Western and Eastern <laughs> Europe that are affiliated. Wow. Uh, you wonder why Ladies with Black Mambas are, are always away, because they can go around the circuit until there's say, four generations. Two, you know? 2,600, 2,700, just, just separate well, gigs, never mind festivals. Yeah. So you've yeah. festival and you've got well, well, minimum East, of three or ten or yeah. 65 people on the so boat. Absolutely. As long as and you want to. Yeah, yeah, and Eastern Europe has developed incredibly over the last... 10, 12 years from a festival perspective, you know? Wonderful. And, and the moderners just go around the circuit, you know? They, they're that kind of band. They're a live band, you know? I'm sure when you mm-hmm. see them, they, they're great on stage, you know? So I said, guys, would you be interested to do um, a collaboration with Zolani? And they jumped at it, you know? Mm. So now what's going to happen is when they do Europe next year, they'll invite Zolani as a special guest to get oh, into Europe, you know? Incredible. And that's her way in. So... What happened was we had a Zoom with them. I don't want to hog the podcast. No, no, go for it. Go for it. That's but, right. um, yeah, go for uh, it. Um, so they're going to do a song of um, a song of Zolani's in Corsa and a song from the modernists called Ebano, which is the story about um, slavery moving, you know, across across to the Americas and Europe. Mm. And then they're going to end their set with an Italian version of Scuddings of Africa. Uh-huh. So that's going to be fun. You know, and wow. that's one collaboration yeah. that I'm, I'm Great. 99% certain that's going to work yeah. as a long-term thing. That's Amazing. fantastic, man. Listen, just so you, if you are listening, you go, yes, 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 but that's lovely, but where do I, where do I follow and where do I get uh, details and things? So search Womad South African Safari. Womad South African Safari on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, and womadsa.co.za. Womad, so W-O-M-A-D-S-A. Womadsa.co.za. Um, and big uh, outdoor par- uh, concert, which is sort of closing the thing at Patterson Park in Joburg. Yeah, uh, just across from where I used to live there at Eliana Court. Oh, there we go. That's yeah. Patterson Park, where I voted. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, Listeners, just that little bit of trivia there In our hood, friends, you can come to the WOMAD... uh, 220 rant um, for a very big and very wonderful uh, lineup um, from Quicket. Who's, let's just say, uh, some of the people on there, Trezor, African jazz pioneers, and the Mahotela Queen, so that, as as we were talking about, Dan Petlansky's there, um, Carla Grunewald, that we've mentioned, Christina J- Jacobson from the US, um, Medina City Rambler, Ramblers, and Zulani, uh, Radio Kalahari, or, or Kalahari Orkes, um, SNM from Ghana, slash Belgium, which is an interesting uh, <laughs> interesting yeah. mix. Um, DDAT featuring Alexandria Holiday, and that's from the US as well. Great stuff. Bunch of other people as and well. Go check it out. That's just the show, of course. That's just that show. There's workshops yeah. And, and yeah. over a few days. So go, yeah. go online, look at the program. And see what you can sign up for. Because it does run from 30th of September. Is that already? Yeah, it kicks off in Cape Town on the 30th of September. So and that's around the corner. And in Cape Town. Yeah. yeah. So. But Steph, you're talking about Patterson Park, and it was mm. quite strange, actually. And, I mean, we've driven past there probably a hundred times, yeah. you know. So what happened was the event was supposed to be, the finale was supposed to be at Constitution Hill. Yeah. And with Constitution Hill being the building site at the moment mm. we couldn't get uh, jock clearance um, the city of Joburg didn't wouldn't okay. give us jock clearance because it's building site you can't bring people on there you know so coj are are the host city for for Joburg and yeah. um, when we mentioned it to the mayor she said but i've got the perfect site for you that's never been used it's in Norwood, you know Norwood. <laughs> hello <laughs> corner, yeah. Yeah. That's right. and she said we've just put in 300 million for a multi-purpose venue at Patterson Park in Norwood. Yeah. 
It's just next to the police what? station there. So she <laughs> said, yeah, yeah, I'll get my guys to take you there. We were absolutely gobsmacked. Yeah. It's, it's got um, tennis, um, swimming pool, soccer field, five-a-side, a theater, fully acoustic theater, a basketball arena that doubles into a theater, um, parking, Mind boggling. Fantastic. We just couldn't believe it because you just don't see it from the road, you know. Plus parking on the other side. Fully fenced. Everything, you know. And she said, you know, we want to launch it and we'll launch it with WOMAD if you want to come here, you know. So I thought, geez, 10 minutes away from our place. Yeah. Great. And this is also a well done city of Joburg. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We spend a lot of time moaning about politicians and things, but um, when they do stuff right, let's Mm. say Mm. hallelujah and well done. Yeah. Remind us of the spelling of your name for the ballot sheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And essentially, yeah, I think just three out of three people yeah, uh, surveyed in this room will vote for you if you support the arts. Uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the DA, man. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it start, starts, the whole the program as a whole starts 30th of September in Cape Town, runs up in the, the 8th of October is, is the concert up here yeah. at, at Patterson Park. Yeah. So again, please people do have a look, get involved. I see also one uh, um, name that jumped out just because of the nature of his new album, John Ellis um, in Cape Town, somewhere. Was on one of the, the press releases, yeah. Um, but has also just done yeah, just a, a, his new album is called Native. Absolutely great um, album, and with world music elements. Exactly that same out of Durban. Such a great yeah. fit for for, for yeah. something like this. Um, yeah, I've I've known John for ages, you know, from the Tree Sixty Three days. Yeah. yeah, and he's always been wanting, as an old Durban boy, he's always been wanting to bring Durban influence, like the Zulu Muskanda guitar yes. and the Eastern elements. And we've been talking about that for a long time, you know, and then John. I won't say he lost his way, uh, but he started teaching at Technicon and stuff like that. He, he, he kind of got out of music, you know, and slowly he got back into it and he started bringing all these different elements. And I mean, John's a fantastic songwriter. Mm. So, and the song always comes first, you, as opposed to the production and the influences. If you don't have the song, you can have incredible, you know, Skills. bar products, yeah, yeah. you know, but it just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. Big, and, and John just had these incredible songs, you know, and he started, you know, liaising and dressing them up. I put him in touch with a couple of the Indian guys, you know, the sitar and the tabla guys, yes. and um, he came up with Native. So, it's I just, mean, it's, that's it's a product for Walmart. Completely you know? different, yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, just given his, his output, which is which is varied, very varied. Yeah. Um, but uh, just and he's a great guy. Very, uh, very. World blues kind of vibe, yeah. Um, have a listen to that. Great, man. All right, so we'll... we'll Rejig all those those details at the end. We'll just we'll let you remind you of those coming up. But let's jump into other things. I'll just mention, seeing as we yeah. said world blues, there we spoke earlier about Tanarawin. Yeah, I highly recommend the band to anyone who's listening who's never listened to Tanarawin. They are, I guess you'd call them desert blues. They're mm. Bedouins who play this kind of blues, um, African influenced, uh, you know, um, Eastern influenced. Alafaratura, um, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Settle yeah. down, Bruce. So, <laughs> just this incredible guitaring, kind of bluesy vibe, cyclical nature, uh, sort of songwriting. And um, they have an album that I'll mention once I find it that I've been listening to on repeat lately, which I love a lot. What were we going to say, Bruce? No, it's just uh, we jump into to as we're telling Dan and we tell all our guests, we, we chat about what we. What we read, what we're listening to, yes. uh, what we watch upon the televisuals or the big screen, if we if we make it there. Um, the album, I, sorry, the album is called El Wan. El oh, yeah. Wan, El Wan. Yeah. Right. I love it. Love it! Well, let's, you let's know, you know where the influences come from, Steph? Was, no. was, you know, they were, they were uh, originally, um, the sound of Tamarawan came from a refugee camp in the southern part of Mali, which is really heavy, war-torn, you know? Yes. From listening to the Rolling Stones, yes. overdriven guitar and satisfaction, yeah. that's where that, that, that kind of guitar thing buzz. came, you Amazing. know, and it was produced by a guy called Justin Adams, who um, was Robert Plant's musical director, what? yeah, who, who's, a real, who's a real, his wife actually works for Real World, okay. Mandy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so Justin, together, yeah. yeah. And there's another Malian band that I, I think that Songhoi Blues. Oh, 
which I love. Incredible. And I keep on trying to find the yeah. album on Apple Music. It's not there. Yeah, either. there's one classic album on there. Oh, brilliant, so brilliant great. guitar stuff. Love yeah. that band. Yeah. Also, you have yeah. this kind of African vibe and a cyclical nature to the songwriting, and then you have this fuzz guitar that comes in. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. wow. It's one of those bands that you, when you see live, you know, and I've had the privilege to see Tenario and twice live, you just get drawn into it. Yeah. You know, at first you think, what the hell is this? You know, 10 minutes later you're in and you're you in can't get out. You know? this, yeah. this music is amazing. Yeah. Very good. Right, well, let's stay with music then. I mean, I just, um, I used to do, back in back in the battle days, I lived in the UK for a while, couldn't get any work because wrong papers and all the rest of it. Um, couldn't get any legal work. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, wasn't uh, also, the, the, the interwebs, were young and and slow and I remember those yeah, days the old dial up <laughs> that thing that you had to plug in and whatever but um, when well, while searching for for jobs and and agencies and things on on the internet I find some music and stuff as well and I started mm. a, a newsletter Dan a newsletter mm. by, by mm. the emailer that people have to subscribe exactly it's called called Bob which was just random because it Bob's a good word. Based of Bruce, but it was basically finding, uh, finding, bring your own find, beer. find, <laughs> find five songs, and it would, it would always change. Um, you know that were the best things that I'd heard in that right. period, whatever it was. Not, I think I did a, a weekly thing for a while. Okay. Um, what on. was your peak subscribers? Oh, who knows? What kind of hundred actually? Okay, very yeah, good. It was just the early days of the internet. Yes, um, anyway, so I started that on, on, on the Spotify again. You um, brought us back, because, brought because, the Bob back. Because Spot- yeah, exactly, bring back the Bob. Good. Um, because Spotify, the el- all of these streaming things, the algorithms are, are sometimes fairly bizarre. Yes. Um, but sometimes they throw something at you that you would never have heard otherwise, and you're just like, oh my greatness, that's amazing. Um, so just, yeah, that uh, song I'm loving at the moment, a guy called Ryan, Ryan McMullen. Um, Sounds who, like a sports name, Ryan McMullen. <laughs> it's Ryan McMullen. It, look, he looks, he looks, yeah, he looks like he, he could take you out. Well, we'll check Hello, dogs. But uh, Northern Irish dude. Um, and when I do the first bar, essentially, I thought it was a new David Gray song. Um, huh. And I interviewed David recently. Uh, what a lovely bloke he is. Mm. Completely ADHD. Which, well, is, which really is fun. Jack. Which is fun for for Jack uh, is making friends again. Which is fun for for interviews with ADHD Jack. people, um, and yeah. So it sounds <laughs> sounds exactly like that that kind of uh, folky okay. storytelling thing that, that David Gray would do. Jack, <laughs> Jack is not listening, listener. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so so Ryan, beautiful, beautiful songwriting again. I'm I'm a big songwriter fan. Mm. Uh, where they, you can tell that they're they you know they've come up with a, a melody on purpose as opposed to you know as opposed to or by insp- inspiration as opposed to designing something uh, that will fit a trend or something yeah. it's just this beautiful uh, authentic kind of sound and uh, yeah the, so the song uh, as, as I say uh, Ryan McMillan is is Northern Irish it's called In the Back of My Mind um, and if you are a fan of David Gray I don't like from a from a, a critic critical point of view going if you like this then you'll mm. like that because I think that's just pointless mm. you miss out on so much but um, again David Gray is a, is a touch point here uh, check that out In the Back of My Mind by Ryan McMillan it also made me interested because also on the current Bob is, is Foy Vance who I'm a, just a massive fan yes of. we've mentioned Foy but, before and, and David Gray and, so, and they're all Irish or Northern Irish they're all from the island Irish hey tough um, yeah. and I just I'm fascinated by Bellex One is another band we've, we've yes. chatted a lot about here. Damien Rice is another artist and it's just fascinating they're all sort of in the same area yes. uh, in terms of sound and, and the right. way they write and emotional the, the amazing melodies Glenn Hansard is another one yeah um, just incredible music coming out of one sort of fairly small mm. area um, you know and obviously the other big export is U2 which is completely different Cranberries um, Cranberries um, just I love these these solo singer songwriters that come mm. out of, of Ireland I don't really know what the the shared all of the shared inspiration is, and maybe Dan, you've got maybe some insight there from like a, a sort of unwomanly point of view. Van yeah. come on! But there so Ryan McMullen right. in the back of my mind. Check that out; it's absolutely beautiful. I have been strangely rediscovered a band 
Now you'll know Bruce that I visited Las Vegas with oh, yes. our, our mutual friend Frey for his 30th yes. birthday. Um, the Killers. Yes. Right. So the Killers band from Las Vegas who mm. who who broke with um, two very big songs, Mr. Brightside. Mm. And uh, what's the other you're the girlfriend who looks like a boyfriend who ran and mm. the other friend. Anyway, mm. that that um, and, and I enjoyed the the, the first um, album, the songs, you know, the just irresistible hooks and, and but I never really got into the band yeah, as yeah. such. But recently Are you human though? Yeah, okay. or am I dancer? Um, there's an album by the Killers, Dear Friends and Gentle Hearts, that I highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, because it is, it's, the guitarist for the band had taken some sort of a hiatus. I think he's back with them now. And then they did this album, it's called Imploding the Mirage. There's a, and, and the album is as epic and Staying bombastic as, yeah, as that. And the, the cover art is also this sort of barren landscape with these huge clouds in the sky. It's very Brand, much... Brandon Flowers not known for subtlety. Exactly. Yeah. It is just so... Uh, sort of quite a few synths and things um, melodically rather than big guitars as such, but there's a lot of guitar in it as well. But um, the album is just epic if you're into pop music that is huge larger than life soaring melodies so the songwriting is wonderful for two reasons the lyrics are fantastic and also it's written for Brandon Flowers voice so okay. you'll have these verses where he's doing the smoldering thing and then the chorus hits and he just takes all opens up the great music as well I yeah. mean yeah fantastic mm. so my own soul's warning is the first track is great my favorite is track two called blowback um, and I've got the deluxe version on Apple Music, and there's. You can only take your blowback if you retain the slip. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, where where there's an acoustic version of blowback with Brandon Flowers' voice. My goodness me. Oh wow. Okay. Just the chorus. You almost want to hear him take a dig, big deep breath before the chorus arrives, and then he just goes and just hits these these incredible notes. So, imploding the mirage. It's from 2021, so it's a recent album. I think they've done one since. Um, it's a companion to another album, which I forget, which has a similar cover, also kind of about that Nevada landscape mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the desert and Las Vegas. Um, but I, it's so great. It's just these big songs, melodic, soaring. Yeah. So yeah, I've Mirage got a, I, can't, and I, I don't know that album, but I've got, I've got the, one of the, the best of on okay. the CD still. And I just, also, it's just, you kind of forget what a great body of work they have. It's also, it's not just the occasional big single or whatever, it's just, it, it just don't make bad songs, it's fantastic. And because we're talking about world music, and I know I'm only supposed to talk about one thing that I've listened to, <laughs> there is a guy called Leon Roman. Bridges, oh, yeah. uh, who's recently uh, teamed up with a guy called Krang, Krangbin. I don't know, he's got two EPs called Texas Sun and Texas oh. Moon. And uh, yeah, it's been it's, opening for the stones and killing it, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's also features some of that kind of uh, Tanaroini esque yeah, uh, yeah. guitar stuff, great stuff. So, uh, I'll, mm. I'll just mention that as well, very naughty because mm. I'm not <laughs> There's also <laughs> in that idiom, there's a band called Calexico. Oh, Calexico, yes, oh, yeah. you are one of my favorite bands, yes. Uh, they, I watched, they did a KEXP, a radio station in America, uh, does these YouTube channels where they have live guys in a room. Yeah. Almost like the Tiny Desk concerts. Yes. yes. And Calexico did one quite recently because they had okay. an album not too long ago, a new album that they yeah. hadn't released yeah. in a while. Yeah. And wow, what a band. Yeah. They did a bunch of stuff with, uh, with uh, Wilco and stuff. Yeah, they've... Yeah. Iron Wine, I think they collaborated with a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. another guy. Yeah. That's and I think you think about that, if I can just come in there for yeah, a second. Yeah, there's a kind of lineage from the band, you know, oh, from the yes. band Come through the little feet and, you mm. know, and, and that's what I grew up with. You know, somebody asked me the other day, oh, my wife, actually. <laughs> so what is your <laughs> favorite band of what all is time? Your name again? Yeah. Sam, yeah. So I said, the band. The band. Yeah. Once a year, I yeah. watch The Last Waltz as oh. a tradition, just because... My goodness. Have you heard Levon Helm's solo albums? I've listened to one or two yeah. that I really... Oh. I mean, he's incredible. Yeah. 
absolutely. Oh, the band. Yeah. Very, very rock. But if you think of the thread, Leon Bridges, um, Calexico, Island Wine, you know, there's, yeah. I think there's definitely, you know, that sense of Americana yeah, yeah. that they trigger. I watched what was uh, uh, Once Were Brothers, which yeah. is a recent yeah. Uh, yeah. documentary on the band. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting because often also you listen to those, and a lot of those recordings by design are, are kind of very rough and, you know, we just, we're going to play whatever, this this organ and that guitar and this other thing for 11 minutes mm. and stop randomly and then that's a song. Um, but yeah, it is this, it's this, this headspace. They, they're kind of one of those bands where um, the legend is as great as the output, but I'm not saying that in, in a sort of negative sense. It's just this, yeah. uh, you know, songs from the Pink House and they're just uh, yeah. um, all those things of... Um, yeah, what these guys achieved and then obviously the, the Dylan links and, and yeah Robbie like Robertson is interesting to me as a guitar player as well because when I watch him play uh, he he plays like a very white person yeah in his <laughs> movements he's quite yeah. jerky yeah. and looks like he's yeah oh. but um, we talk about the guitar as being an instrument that's very difficult to to be in tune so there's all sorts of systems to try and tune the guitar because always if you're in tune at the fifth fret, then the B string is now out of tune at the twelfth fret. And it's it's by its design it doesn't stay yeah. in tune perfectly throughout the fretboard. So it's up to the player, depending on where they're playing, when they're playing, to either press a little bit harder or bend, bend a string a slightly to stay in tune. And some guitarists, when you watch them live, just sound a little bit out of tune all the time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're pressing yeah. too hard. And other guitarists, Jeff Beck, Dave Gilmore, when they play live, they are just always in tune. And yeah. Robbie Robertson is one of those guys. When yeah. he bends a note, he is in tune. He just plays in tune. Yeah. And he's making those yeah. little adjustments and compensations all the How time. How much of that is intuition and, and you know, obviously, obviously the ears yeah, are good pitches, great, but, but just feel. the thing of just of not thinking about it. Mm. Um, just letting go. Absolutely wonderful. Look, none of, you, you know, none of them were incredibly, just sticking on the band for a second, yeah. technical mm. players per mm. se. I mean, Levon was all feel, yeah. you know, mm. and, and, you know, interestingly enough, he never wanted to work with a click, so he never had a Simti code. So all the band stuff was done, was done without a click. Now think about that. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, and what people forget was that the glue that held this whole thing together, he was an absolute genius who mm. rewrote the keyboard book. Was Carth Hudson, you know, yes. with his horn parts, and that and that brought in a completely different element, and. Coming back, talking Canada now, a guy called mm. Daniel Lenoir, oh, who's oh, worked yeah, with yeah. God Hudson. You know, you yeah. listen to that stuff and it's it's sonic atmospheres, oh, you know, it's genius yeah. stuff. And I think it goes above a lot of, you know, talking humbly and respectfully yeah. here, you know, to, to look deeper into, into what God Hudson contributed to the band. Yeah, because I think originally God Hudson, <laughs> they hired him to teach them yo, music. Yo. Yes, so because te- he's classically trained, so they hired him to come and teach us what is it, how to write music. And eventually they were like, okay, join the band. But this, is, but this is again, it's so much of what we we often talk about with music, and and all again, we've got the picture of the Beatles on the wall there and stuff. There's just, I mean, uh, George Harrison, by his own admission, was like, I I can't feel this. Mm. I need to practice it. Mm. Yeah, George freaking Harrison. No, I, I, I don't have it. Paul's in the meantime. He's going. I'm just making this up out of my head on my seventh instrument. Okay, shut up. Yeah. But there's that. But, lovely, but it's different. You watch you know? Baby Road, obviously. Yes. Yeah. yes. That lovely moment in Get Back where, Get where back. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, Ringo said, "Oh, I've got a song, Octopus's Garden," and I think I'm going to do this. And George just sort of leans over him on the piano and goes, "Yeah, try this and do that." And and interestingly, I was teaching a student on Monday the intro, the guitar intro to Octopus's Garden, which I think is, must be yeah. George. And it's just such a great part. Mm. But also that just so much of, of particularly, it feels like particularly the 70s, 60s and 70s, of just that thing of you had to be the right kind of person to... Or you didn't have to be, but often it was the right kind of person. Again, Brian, Brian Wilson on the wall there just a clear straight up genius but often you wouldn't have a genius it was just a person with the right feel and the right For drive sure. and the right um, passion and the right whatever else that could then 
just completely lead the way because mm. because and often because of a great producer or something who wasn't a great technical musician but had a perfect music mind or whatever it was. It's I will great. say to, to listeners who haven't watched the movie, the Scorsese movie, The Last Waltz, which was the, the final concert by the band, they must watch it if only for there's a moment so they, they intersperse footage of the live concert with the band talking about how they you know interviewing individual members how they came to be the band and so on and there's a brilliant brilliant section with Levon Helm talking about influences and so on where he's got a cigarette and he lights a match to light that cigarette and starts talking and telling <laughs> a story and as he tells the story you watch that match burn down and it's a brilliant so he's talking about these old um, revival meetings that would tour yeah. America and, the, and the, the, the music and the, and he tells the story perfectly until that match is about to burn his finger when he smiles and lights his cigarette <laughs> and, just, and just waves it out. It is just but case, so case in point, that's, that's a fantastic rock star moment. It is. Which has got nothing to do with musicianship. Yeah, yeah it's just it's yeah. drama and theatre. <coughs> there were characters, just, there yeah. immense characters. Beautiful. Right, let's jump into some, some literature, what we have, uh, have been reading. Dan, what have you been what about you reading? reading? I haven't been reading anything actually. Our, uh, the Going last to get the festivals. Book, yeah, and I'm, I'm an avid reader actually, uh, but I've just been so busy the last six months that when I hit the bed at eleven o'clock, you know, <laughs> you I can't catch up on some Netflix Hello. stuff. I've been okay. watching Fowder on Netflix. Okay. Um, the last thing I read was about the White Man and the Blues, which was written by this author who's based in Cape Town. Okay. Wow. Uh, Let me see if I can dig that up quickly. Uh, That's uh, such a great news book here. And he, um, he is actually a Dutch guy who is fascinated by the South African lifestyle and, and blues. He grew up with the blues, so he goes... Blues for to, the white man? Yes, that's There we go. Let's yeah. look it up here, yeah. Yeah, and he takes a trip into into the deep south to look for the heart of the blues and the soul of the blues, but it's, a, it's quite a fascinating read. Oh, fantastic, man. It is. Steph, um, that sounds right up your... Yeah, and, and talk about books. Fred you know, de Vries. Yes, Fred de Vries. And what I'm reading at the moment is uh, Garden Galileo. Okay. Completely different. <laughs> fantastic, yeah. man. Um, Where's my blues book about Robert Johnson that we spoke about? I do not know. It's, it's, your, it's your filing system by colour, so, I mean, I that'll, that'll <laughs> help. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, what I've, what I've read recently, one of the things I've read recently, uh, The Mercy Seat. It's by Elizabeth H. Winthrop. Ah, Winthrop, um, which we'll talk about. You always about. know uh, an artist or a... Not the Nick Cave song. No, or, an, no, or an, an author is important if they have a, a middle initial, um, obviously, you know. Uh, but uh, fantastic, fantastic book. It's kind of, it's a, it's a smallish book. It's, it's if, I, if I try and give you a, a sort of picture of where in the literary landscape it sort of lands, it's kind of in To Kill a Mockingbird territory. Gotcha. Um, it's this beautiful, beautiful story. There's a, a, young, a young black man uh, in the South. Um, he's sentenced to, to, to death uh, because of a crime. It's, it's, it, you don't really get all the details about whether he did or didn't. That's, that's part of the point. It's, it's, it's a beautifully multifaceted story about race and how it affects all of the perspectives on all levels of all of the relationships involved. So it talks about this young man and what he's going through and he's in jail um, and his thoughts and his uh, you know, views of the world. It talks about uh, you know, the couple that runs the, uh, the service station at the crossroads and, and their issues between each other and, and his views of the world versus her views of the world. It talks about this young man's father who's, who's a very poor um, worker, you know, who's trying, trying to, to sort of honour his soon-to-be dead son, uh, and it talks about racist, uh, terribly racist, you know, um, uh, businessmen and, and just people looking for trouble, frankly, in the town. It's just, and, and it's one of those things, though, that kind of uh, each, each little separate incident, as it's written about, is, is beautiful and would mm. be a great standalone short story. And then, as you see them, um, as you see how they how they link and uh, how they affect each other, it's it's just wonderful, wonderful writing. John Grisham um, territory. 
No, no. no. It, there is, there is, yeah, there is law involved in that kind of thing, but it's just, it's not trying to be a thriller at yeah. all. It's rather that kind of thing. That, what's why I, would, I mentioned um, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. It's that thing where, particularly as somebody, um, you know, where just racism is just something that you loathe. As you as you see how how it's embedded here, mm. even in the good guys, mm. you just you feel ill as you read it, yeah. and you're just going and and you're going again. You know, well actually, this is it, the the inspiration is is a real event. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 just so sad, and so you know you just sort of get a sense of how broken the world is, yeah. and um. And the, oh, the sorry. Sorry, casual heroism of, of some people, or or the dignity of, of you know, etc. Yeah. It's it's all of those kind of things. Mm. So it's not a big flashy story. Mm. It would make again probably you know somebody like Sean Penn or somebody. It would make a beautiful, mm. heavy, mm. difficult to watch, okay. yeah. like absolutely gobsmackingly beautiful movie. Um, uh, but yeah, just not not an easy book at all. But but very very highly recommended it's just uh, it's, a, it's a very special story so that's The Mercy Seat by Elizabeth H. Winthrop Winthrop now speaking of Winthrop speak of it Winthrop is the surname of the main well one of the main characters in a book I read <laughs> um, we like to keep things on yeah the book is called theme. Apex Hides the Hurt and it's by Colson Whitehead Pulitzer winning author of Underground Railroad, okay, mm. which I keep on seeing everywhere. It's Underground Railroad. I thought I must uh, win that. It uh, must win that. I must read that. It's <laughs> a recent winner of the Pulitzer Pulitzer mm. Prize, and this is one of his earlier books. I haven't read the Underground Railroad yet, but Apex Apex Hides the Hurt, fantastic. Very very um, those people who are into language, sort of really noteworthy sentences, uh, virtually on every page. So really really good prose. And brilliant. Um, reminded me a little bit of Chuck Palahniuk's um, idea of looking at modern society and finding those really interesting little things that you don't yes, think about, but they're so interesting. Things, yeah. yeah. So the main character, the main protagonist, um, is a nomenclature consultant. No. What? <laughs> so it's a person who works in advertising, and their job is to come up with names for products. And there'll be a big, like, and particularly we think of, 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 of Big farmer who has a new pill that has yeah. to be released. And it's got to have the right name that people will trust the pill, that they won't be scared yes, of the pill. Yes. And for any kind of a product or anything, he, he's like an, in, like an expert at this. He came to it uh, when he was unemployed and just sort of found the job by chance, but then he turns out to be this absolute whiz kid in terms of coming up with names. And then goes through a whole thing, and now he has to name a town that at the moment is called Winthrop. Okay. Uh, and there's a, a a move within the town council to change the name to something new and modern, and he has been brought in yeah. now, Jeez. and he's got a history. So it's a really, really um, nice story, uh, interesting story, and um, a little bit uh, idiosyncratic, which is nice. And great writing. So I'm a fan now of Colson White. Uh, what's his name? Colson? <laughs> I'm a fan of that guy. Whitehead. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to have to definitely read The Underground Railroad. It's been on my my wish list for a while. So, Underground Railroad. We just Railroad. can't talk today. The Underground Railroad uh, <laughs> by, by Colson Whitehead. Apex hides the hurt. Apex is a name he gave to a, a plaster, like a band-aid. Okay. And then the, the tagline by the copywriters was hides the hurt. So there we go. That's the demystifying That's the title. I love coming up with uh, Louis Theroux. Nice. Louis Theroux is another guy that yeah. sort of looks at the world like that. Yeah. Um, fantastic. After start. All right. Here's some interesting things that we've watched. Yeah. Let's end off with something that we've seen. What were you saying that you've uh, been watching on Netflix? Fada and Gomorrah. Interesting. I don't <laughs> yeah, think I've seen either of them. Fada is the yeah the uh, uh, terrorist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. It is a good Purely from perspective that I wasn't really your fave with the whole Israeli-Palestinian situation. Mm. So I love historically based stories, you know. Um, the other one was, was Gomorrah, which was the Italian Mafia Vatican story. Yeah, I've heard story, of that. You know, I'm not sure. Okay. And then there's Catholic School, which is something similar. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Marco Polo, yeah, that the Roman Empire, yeah. the Ottoman. I veer towards the historical okay, big, stuff. Yeah, big, know. big widescreen mm. 
stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just you mentioned Gamora and the the, the, the mafia and stuff. I, I uh, my one for the week is uh, that on Showmax called The Offer, um, and oh, it, it looks at the story behind mm-hmm. the making of the the Godfather. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely fantastic! Yeah. Wow. Just again, I'm a film fan, and I love yeah. the culture of it, and I love not Hollywood, not in at all in the sort of red carpets. You know, I just couldn't give a flying toss. But in the the uh, development of these things, and again, to what you were saying, what we were saying earlier, but sometimes it's a it's the right person mm. who will make something great. Um, and that was Coppola. And yeah, you know, mm. Coppola, but also uh, Albert Ruddy, the producer. None, mm. none of it would have happened without this guy who wasn't a producer, who wanted to become a producer. His first, mm. his first gig was The Godfather. Um, wow. But again, by and because he just wouldn't give up, because he was stroppy, because he was this, because he was that, and you also you just oh the sense of or the the and the, you know it's it's a dramatization, so it's not a, it's you know, but um, the understanding of. The massive sacrifice. I mean, you just talked about with Womad, you, know, you talk to the, the the mayor and the this and the this, and then we need to chat to that person at mm. the consulate to get the tickets and the blah, 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 blah. You know, and then you've got 20 different artists to worry about in all of that. You know, it's that kind of stuff and going, we want to get the story made, uh, but there's this and that difficulty, and we need the right person to tell the story, so we need Francis Coppola. But how do we get him and can he do this and can we get the money can we get it greenlit can we do this mm. um, if we do that story as it was in the book the mafia is not going to be happy so how do we handle mm. that mm. Blah, 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 blah. not a small thing to think about most yeah. fascinating I mean again I'm, I'm a fan of the movie anyway but when you see this and then you and then you think I need immediately you think I have to go and watch it again with yeah. this sort of appreciation um well, I mean, it, what with what he did with Apocalypse Now as well, mm-hmm. he really, he really chooses those. But, I mean, times, that was you know? that's an interesting because that was also when it came out the most recent director's cut, fully this and recolored mm. and redux on the and I saw I saw that version on IMAX. And yeah. I'd seen it a few times before. We also went. and I, I liked it a lot, and then I saw it on the IMAX and I came out just I was devastated in the positive yeah. sense. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of unbelievable. Yeah. 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 And the sound, you know, and, no, but yeah, just just yeah. the story and the levels and the depravity yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Cor- courage and the wonder and the terror and the yeah. it made me want to get the the edition watch that Duvall's um, <laughs> uh, yes, character wears. I think it's a Hamilton possibly okay. or something. Oh, really? And then there's also you can buy the the surfboard, the <laughs> the wooden really? surfboard yeah, that yeah, the guy yeah, surfs yeah, that Duvall has on the beach. Yeah, right. yeah, so you can buy the, the the Apocalypse Now that that really? edition surfboard yeah. and the job. Of well, you know, just uh-huh. I can come in here for it. You know, the if you remember the music, there was a near the end. There was this. There were jungle sounds, you know, and, okay. and a lot of berimbau and stuff like that. And I did some research, and the guy behind that was a Brazilian guy called Ayrton Moreira from Brazil, uh, who played with Miles Davis and all the rest of it. Mm. You know, and that just knocked me out, man. Mm. You know, and um, I became an, an Ayrton Moreira fan and. Um, ironically enough, he lived in a place called Curitiba, which is about 200 kilometers from where my uncle ended up wow. in Brazil, you know. And I had the incredible privilege of supporting him when he came over to South Africa with this band called Third World, Fourth World. Um, that was with a Brazilian jazz thing with Joe DeLue at the time and cool. got to know him really well, you know. Oh. <laughs> and we did some workshops and I asked him about how he came up with all the, the sounds in Apocalypse Now, you know? And he said, um, I can't remember who the musical director was, locked him up in a studio, <laughs> turned all the lights off, they just had a couple of candles, and he played to picture. He had this oh, incredible no, yeah. array, yeah, yeah. you know, if you Google Ochoarera, he tricks. plays with yeah. this incredible percussion rig that he had set up in the studio, and he would play to picture. So, you know, if you had these shakers in the spare room, I'd get goosebumps. Yeah, I think incredible. About that's how he got the sounds, you know, on uh, it's a wonderful on Apocalypse Now. Seeing it with all name dropping, interviewing, interviewing Dave Incredible Ma- percussions. Oh. Interviewing Dave Matthews at, at one point, and he, but for a movie that he was producing, but had written, he'd written the, the soundtrack and stuff as well, and just, he's also an ADHD guy, and just lots of fun, just a wonderful human being as well. Yeah. Joe Berger. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Stillian's yeah. boy. And, really? um, yeah, and he was just, he was saying about his yeah. playing, playing to, because he said he had the laptop on the top of the piano, um, which he was watching, but then he had to do, you know, he had to 
put input some stuff on the laptop while he was trying to play, but he didn't want to lose it, so he was playing with his foot as well. And, so, and he's doing this, and he's, he's, all these all these interviews, you've got a handler who's very disapproving because they're looking at the clock and you you know you're wasting your fifteen minutes by making him contort. But he's doing this sort of thing, and he's a big guy, you know. So he's showing me without a piano, obviously, but how he's doing this with <coughs> this hand there and that hand there, and his foot in the air, and what it's just wonderful, yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, I mentioned I've watched a lot. I'll mention something that again I was late to uh, finding, but uh, managed to eventually watch, which was uh, the limited series, The Undoing, mm. with uh, Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Yes, yes. Um, which was uh, which was brilliant. Um, I don't want to give anything away. Uh, we live in an, in an age where uh, filmmakers and TV series makers are very good at, at being unpredictable, <laughs> right? So you take the 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 story and the trope that we all know and then they immediately turn it on its head and there's something very interesting about the undoing in that um uh it's filmed like you completely expect it to not be what you're gonna think it's gonna be what from the first Pardon? so you watch the first thing <laughs> and think oh this is the thing and then immediately that is is subverted um, so that's done very, very well. Shot very well. Hugh Grant is very good in it as a proper, proper villain. Yeah. Not a, a really? Paddington yeah. villain, but a real sure. bad guy. Um, <laughs> Nicole Kidman, who must be, what, in her 70s now? 60s? Right. What is she? 50s? No. Yeah. Nicole Kidman has obviously had an incredibly good plastic surgeon. I mean, she looks very young, very beautiful. Nary a wrinkle on her pale Australian um, face. So she's looking incredibly good for her age. I think Hugh Grant and her must be of an age, and he looks his yeah, age. She yeah. does not look her age. But I will say that her top lip is dead. <laughs> and if I had to pick out something you know, where you can see someone has plastic surgery, often you, you'll see someone who's obviously very obviously had plastic surgery and someone else who's had very good plastic surgery. You can hardly tell. But I, can, I just wanted to say, I kept on saying to my wife, her top lip. Like the lines from the sort of the, the sides of her nose down to the sides of her mouth are non-existent. <coughs> and Maybe it's too much kissing from her country in the West, from her yeah, country. Her, yeah, husband, yeah uh, it could be. Uh, but her top lip is dead and it, it bothers me. Um, but other than that, it's an incredibly good show. It's very, very well written. Uh, at the end of the show, my wife and I kept on guessing what happened because there's a murder most foul and we think that he did it, that she did it, did someone else do it. And uh, it's, it's filmed in a way that you keep guessing and guessing guessing and then right at the end you find out and uh, I'll let let you do that so the mm -hmm. undoing I recommend is have you seen the Elvis movie I haven't but I have got it and I'm going to watch it I've heard good things that's, uh, that's Baz yeah, yeah. I, I think it's yeah. brilliant okay good I yeah. I know I've heard JD some people saying really crap yeah, also I, I was absolutely Wilson. knocked out. Some of the footage, the early footage, you know, because you grew up in, in yeah, the yeah. gospel stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. the blues, incredible. Bear Bears is one of those. JD Simon. You either love him or you hate It's an interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's yeah. bright and brash. And yeah. JD yeah. Simon, incredible guitar player, played all the guitars on the okay. wow. and yeah. he used the authentic stuff. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. this is the full, yeah. the, that's, that's the, the full yeah. budget where they say we'd like you to play on this. It's Elvis period. So go down to Carter's Vintage, whatever it. it was, yeah. and get whatever you need. And you go there and say, right, I went to 1954 know, Fender Deluxe, and I yeah. went to you know, at 51 Teddy, please. And yeah. Sure. That's not yes, a bad, please. and that's, that's your whole payment, but you're happy with that. Thank yeah. you, please. Yeah, exactly. Right, let's, let's wrap up. But uh, Dan Kabali, thanks so much, man. And Dan is the, again, just to remind you, the, and well, among many other things, fantastic percussionist and whatever, and hire him here. We'll take ten percent. Do it. Um, it. Yeah. Checks in the post. <laughs> yes, please. But, um, but uh, yes, organizer in chief. I think is that fair? Of chief, of, chief cook and bottle washer. There we go. Mm -hmm. Of uh, and let me just get the phrase. The phrase that pays here. The WOMAD South African Safari. Um, so yes, part of the WOMAD. Look uh, out for it, friends. Buy your tickets now. There. Get an extra one. Give it to a friend. Quicket is the place to look. Um, and yes, there, there are various things around the country. So it, yes, if you are in the Southern Cape, if you're in the Western Cape, if you're in Gauteng, uh, do look up all of the different events starting on the 30th of September, running until the 8th of October. Uh, workshops as well, do get yourself the details at WOMADSA, W-O-M-A-D-S-A, WOMADSA.co.za. Quicket for tickets. 
Um, and then Wormad South African Safari on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, and on Gosh, Twitter. Gosh, TikTok even. Apparently the TikTok. that's the, the, the place to yes, be these days. absolutely. I refuse. I mean, obviously you have I'm to be old. young, you know, I think. And if you, if you are... Uh, if you're 18 and on uh, and on the TikTok, then Dan is six of you. So, um, <laughs> so that's why he's so effective. Yeah, but um, but Dan, thanks, thanks so much for thanks coming. Thanks very in. much, Bruce. Thanks, yeah, thanks a lot. Was we great need to throw a thank you at Sito as well for our wonderful coffee that we had. Sito1974.com. Yes, please. Um, and uh, yeah, just great things to watch and read. Uh, Facebook page. Uh, the chorus with Stephen Voss and Bruce Dennell. Yeah, do go check it out. Uh, comment, uh, send us things that you want to uh, listen to or have us talk about or uh, yes. cash in our bank accounts, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's up to you. Um, and the usual apologies for, for all the about dogs. sound and yes. adjusting the blinds, the dogs just, running in and out. I was just add the top dogs a, as co-hosts. Yeah, so. it's our, <laughs> the, the flavor of our podcast. Yeah, it's sponsor, sponsored great. by yeah. Yeah, sponsored by Epol. Yeah. Yes, please. Um, food is expensive. <laughs> yes. All right, thank you very much, everyone. We'll catch you again at the next one. Fantastic. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks, Bruce. It was great. Good fun, guys. Cheers.